Chapter Two of From Different Standpoints by Pansy and Faye Huntington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two, dear friend, I wish I had something out of that cellar. Things in a city never seem to come out of cellars. Never seem to have grown. They all feel as if they came from the south or the west in a freight car and were packed in sawdust or ice or something for a week things to eat i mean isn't it queer that everyone has to stop work or play and eat i do think that is one of the funniest things about us perhaps however your cousin margaret doesn't eat what an extraordinary lady she is i should think you had sunshine enough without any letters of mine in which by the way you will find precious little sunshine you forget that my attic is on the northwest side we have new boarders a dr ellenthorpe m d who is as solemn as an owl and full of business and disapproves of the way in which you are pretending to get well he volunteered his opinion i didn't consult him i was reading bits of your last letter but one to mrs ramsay who you know has a motherly sort of interest in all creation and among other things i read that dr mason had ordered bourbon three times a day dr ellenthorpe was standing by the mantel talking as i suppose with laura myers or talking over her i think any one with brains may be excused from trying to talk with her just at that point he raised his voice and said your friend is unfortunate in his choice of physicians if he has been encouraged to hope anything from the use of bourbon somewhat amazed at his knowledge of matters of which he must necessarily be ignorant i answered curtly perhaps you are not acquainted with the disease for which it has been ordered he answered me with the utmost composure it makes not the slightest difference what the disease is except that in some cases it is more disastrous in its results than others it is never beneficial tell your friend so from me so there you have the benefit of dr ellenthorpe's advice free of charge he stands very high in high circles here i didn't tell him so but i believe it is good advice i hate bourbon another new boarder is mr romaine he is a carpenter think of miss alice perkins having to dine every day with a carpenter or sup rather he takes his breakfast every morning before she is up and the third meal he doesn't take at all she says he is a master builder that sounds better than carpenter you know he is a good man and some curious experiences grow out of his goodness for instance we have family worship in the large parlor every evening i don't know how aunt ruth's consent was gained except that people seem to have a way of consenting to what he wants done before they know it anyway he announced one evening that after tea there would be prayers in the east parlor and the boarders were all invited there was a good deal of nudging of elbows and some giggling but a dozen or so strolled in i among the number not being particularly interested in prayers i had not the slightest idea of attending until i heard ella heath whisper to charlie what an idea and he only a mechanic it would be bad enough if he were a minister aren't mechanics allowed to pray in boston i said to her with a very uppish sound to my voice she is from boston you know 
after that i had to go in to look consistent my tongue is always leading me into strange places but it was real pleasant after all i never heard ortonville sound so well mr romaine led the singing and did it well he reads well too it is a pity that dr howe couldn't take lessons of him his singing grows more intolerable to me every sunday this mr romaine has a strange way of saying things i sat near him one evening at prayers and after the singing he turned suddenly to me and said miss eunice do you mean to sing with the angels his voice was quiet and composed as if he had simply asked me whether i meant to sing in church next sunday i was a little bit startled but i answered him promptly enough i have never learned their tunes i presume i should make discord you must learn to sing by note he said smiling gravely then he went on with his reading charlie thorpe seemed to consider himself called upon to apologize did you know charlie thorpe he is a student at the university i'm sure i hope he'll learn something before he graduates he is a perfect goose now he really doesn't know any better he said referring to mr romaine he is only a mechanic you know better than what i asked profoundly astonished why then to address you in the manner he did a few minutes ago but i thought he asked a perfectly civil question in a perfectly respectful manner i am glad you are pleased to judge him so leniently charlie said but the fact is that class of people obtrude their ideas in a very offensive manner sometimes i am not given to wasting much talk on charlie thorpe but on this particular occasion i seemed to be just in the mood to enjoy him so i said what class of people he got out his hem-stitched rose-perfumed handkerchief and shook it then he said why the working people the lower classes or whatever name you are pleased to call them now perry you know that whatever may be my besetting sins hypocrisy is not among them so i said very curtly i don't know how to class people if you are good at it why don't you give me my grade in society my father is a shoemaker by trade with a large family to support my aunt ruth brockton keeps boarders for a living and i being her oldest niece have the privilege of coming here and going to school provided i will work enough out of school hours to pay for my board among other things that i do i make your bed and put your room in order to which class do i belong mr thorpe i know he was astonished and i think he was mortified and that was all the good it did me i suppose aunt ruth says i was a goose that i am not called on to reveal my poverty and housework to shallow-brained people who will judge of my character and claim to respectability even by that rule but i am not certain that i care how shallow-brained people look upon me and i like to be myself anyhow what do you say o most immaculate and orthodox perry harrison with your sixty thousand a year or something like it assuredly you do not belong to the working people at least not now when you lie in bed until noon waiting for a daisy to bring you coffee and theology nor to the lower classes allowing charlie thorpe to be the judge in just what way shall we deal with addle-headed people who say words at us 
how does that daisy of yours treat people whom she doesn't like and can't like who have not enough material in the region of their brains to suggest a liking or is she one of those gentle angels who like everybody i wish i were are you really getting better your hour for rising doesn't suggest very marked improvement when one remembers you used to cheat even the sun himself into the belief that he had risen i am very sorry for your disappointment about the european tour i quite looked forward to the pleasure of receiving foreign letters i have as much expectation rather more of going up in a balloon as i have of going to europe all my knowledge of that fashionable locality must be secured by second-hand means and i fancied you would be a good medium of communication there is no telling however an unaccountable stupidity seems to come over european travellers the moment they get a pen into their hands a sort of nightmare of dullness perhaps you would have been seized with it i wish i could take a journey if it were only to brooklyn to see if i couldn't give a better description of it than people do i shall always regret that aunt ruth insisted on economizing time in a sleeping car in our journey from nassau to new york i dare say i might have seen something to describe i'm pretty well acquainted with the formula for all travellers talk about alike annie ames is writing a book or a sermon or something she scribbles half the night what if i should write a book since i can't take a journey would you give me a title i wonder where mrs stowe got her last one have you read the book ask your daisy what she thinks of it i heard mr parks preach last sunday perry how did it happen that you never went to hear him i wish i could go again it was the best going to church i ever had the singing oh the singing i wish i could make you hear it i told mr romaine in the evening that i didn't particularly envy the angels nor care about singing with them as long as i could have such a good substitute as the two thousand voices in that church what do you suppose his answer was he excels in quotation he said in exactly the tone in which one would wish to hear those words quoted and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands i confess to you that the thought of that great company thrilled me wonderfully i thought more about heaven for the next quarter of an hour than i ever did in my life before the art of putting things says somebody the country parson isn't it is a great art i think mr romaine has it i didn't mean to write you such a long letter it is longer than yours and you being a gentleman of leisure ought to do the most of the letter writing i don't believe they will get so very far ahead of you at the university the students don't appear to me to be studying very hard think for instance of charlie thorpe getting ahead of you i wouldn't make myself sick worrying about it i think your daisy gave excellent advice i am interested in her tell me some more about her isn't your aunt phoebe a character or isn't she the one that your mother used to tell us about if she is she would do to make a book of i met dr mason the other day and he inquired very particularly after your health let me see said he harrison is your brother isn't he yes sir i said very meekly 
so i thought well how is your mother now she is very well sir he looked hard at me doesn't she have the rheumatism any more no sir she never had it then all in a giggle over his mystified looks i said you are thinking of mr harrison's mother i suppose he is my adopted brother oh he said and pushed his glasses up on his forehead and walked on to consider it where do you suppose i met him at the door of the fulton street prayer meeting i stood at the corner irresolute which way to turn when mr romaine came up from the other side on your way home he asked on my way to a decision i said i'm uncertain what to do with the next half hour i've been delayed at school and it is too far to go home and stupid to stand here i'm going to a very pleasant place to spend a half hour he said courteously quite near at hand if you have the time perhaps you would like me to show you the way the place proved to be the fulton street prayer meeting remembering father's eager interest in the meeting and his fondness for hearing about it i decided at once to go and give him an account of it so there was where i met dr mason did you know he attended prayer meetings i wrote father a very full account of the meeting and in his answer was enclosed a slip of paper which he said he wanted me to take the next time i attended to send it up to the table to be read i'll copy the contents of the bit of paper for you it was in father's handwriting prayers are requested for my dear daughter who is away from home and in the midst of many temptations i pray daily that she may give herself to jesus i ask you to join me in this petition my daughter sometimes attends your meetings pray that god's spirit may find her there signed an anxious father this is exactly like my father he is as queer in his way as mr romaine is in his the next time i attended the fulton street prayer meeting i shall send up that note when do you imagine that will be perhaps i would better write a request for you do you feel the need of some help of that kind if you would like any assistance from me i shall be happy to give it do you know whether your friend eleanor has any acquaintance with mr romaine i think he knows her i was speaking of her projected tour in europe and he asked me if she belonged to the haddingtons of philadelphia what can a mechanic know about the philadelphia haddingtons i wish you were here to give me a little help in my latin the house is full of university students but i don't feel inclined to ask their assistance i don't know any of them very well except charlie thorpe and i'm sure i know more about latin than he does don't wait as long as i did before answering you have more leisure than i no beds to make nor rooms to sweep i must go this minute your sister eunice End of chapter two